Welcome to Beyond Great Sex, the podcast that will revolutionize your sex life. I'm Morgan Horn, I'm a sex and intimacy coach, and I am going to give you the tools to create the mind-blowing sex life that you've been craving. When you apply the teachings from this podcast, you will drop the shame, limiting beliefs, and everything else that has been keeping you from enjoying the intimacy that you were designed to experience. Instead, you will unleash your unlimited potential, sexual and beyond. When you work with me, great sex is only the beginning. We're going beyond. Hey, lovelies. Today, we're going to continue our conversation on what it means to lose desire. Last week, we discussed the generalized lack of desire, when you feel that your libido is low or perhaps even dead. And today, we're going to explore the lack of sex drive within the relationship. That is when you feel sexual desire, just not towards your partner. But before we dive in, let me start by asking you a quick question. Were you ever told some version of women are less sexual than men? Women just need it less. Women need feelings. Men don't. Desire is physical. You can't control it. It's natural for desire to fade away over time. It's normal for sex to not be as great after years of marriage. I certainly have been told all of this. But what if I told you that all of this is nonsense, that none of it is actually true, and that all of this is false information that has been given to you either by people who are misinformed or who intentionally want to keep you stuck and inhibited? And last week, we saw that we can't lose desire, but that we can stop creating it because desire is an emotion that we feel in the body just like other emotions, like boredom, joy, pride, or anger. And we create these emotions with our thoughts. So what does this mean in relation to desire within the relationship? We often think that we feel desire for someone simply because they are desirable and possess attributes that we're attracted to, regardless of our control. And although part of attraction is chemical and indeed out of our control, like pheromones, which are chemical molecules that we secrete and are responsible for the unconscious, I want to say animal part of attraction, that is only a small part of what constitutes desire. And when a couple talks about having lost desire for one another, it means that at some point they felt desire. So we know that the physics work. The truth is, Our most powerful sexual organ is our brain. What we think about a person will determine how we feel about them. If it were really about their desirability, we would all be attracted to the same people because they're so desirable and attractive, right? And we know that that's not how this works. Whether it's from our upbringing, from lessons learned from past romantic experiences, from societal standards we're surrounded with or else, we all have a definition of what is desirable. It can be physical attributes, but also character or personality traits. And this definition of what is desirable is very personal because it's made up by our thoughts. What I find attractive in a person could be the very reason why you feel repelled by that same person. If we take the example of a man who works out at the gym every day to shape his body, Some people will drool over him. They will find him super sexy. They will think that he's strong and manly, that he takes care of himself, that he has a fit, hot body. They will feel totally turned on by him. And on the contrary, 
There are people who will think that a guy who lifts weights at the gym every day must be superficial, that he must only think about his looks, that he's probably dumb and probably doesn't have much to talk about. They will feel repelled, no desire whatsoever. Same guy, though, same body, personality, same level of desirability. People just have different opinions, different thoughts about him. And when a person is considered to be physically attractive by a large number of people, it is once again not because of their desirability, but simply because the people who find them attractive share the same thoughts, probably because they have evolved in the same society, or at least have integrated common ideas and criteria about what is physically attractive and desirable. And we can see that these ideas change over time. The quote-unquote desirable woman of the 1800s is not the same as the desirable woman of the 1970s or the one of the 2020s. And in the same way, what attracts me to my partner at a given moment may be the very thing that annoys me at a later time. My thoughts about what is desirable also evolve, and thank God for that. So let's dig into what this concretely means for desire within the relationship. When you stop desiring your partner, but your sex drive is fine, the explanation is very simple. You have either stopped thinking thoughts about your partner or the relationship that generate desire in you, or you're thinking thoughts about your partner or the relationship that are contrary to desire, that block your sexual desire. Whichever the case, the result is the same. You don't desire your partner. Understanding that your thoughts are what creates desire can be a game changer in your relationship. If you have stopped feeling desire for your partner, it is not because of something they did or stopped doing. It's not either because time has passed and it's inevitable to lose desire after years spent together. That's just not true. You no longer desire your partner because you have stopped thinking thoughts that create that desire. That's all. I will grant you, though, that at the beginning, desire is easy because there is the unknown, and the unknown gives way to imagination. When you don't know the person well yet, you have room to imagine a thousand possibilities and to fantasize. But when you have known each other for a longer period of time, there can sometimes be routine, disappointments, conflicts, misunderstandings, and these leave much less space for imagination and the excitement of the unknown. We feel as though we have the other person figured out, as though we know exactly how they operate, as though we know all their bad qualities, and we sometimes feel disappointed thinking that they have changed and are no longer the same when in reality, it is our thoughts about them that have changed. If you no longer desire the person that you love, and it is your deepest desire to want them again, I want you to know that it is possible. It doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been together, how much your relationship has been through, or how long it's been since the last time you've had sex. Rekindling desire is always possible and simpler than you might think. So if you want to desire your partner again, I want to offer you to start with this three-step process. First, you're going to identify the thoughts you had about your partner that made you desire them. Think back to the time when you wanted them, when you were aroused at the thought of making love to them. What thoughts did you have about them? 
And I'm not just talking about purely sexual thoughts. Desire builds up through multiple channels. Perhaps you admired their ambition. Perhaps you found them inspiring. Maybe you were impressed by their strong personality or drawn by their kindness. Remember all the little things you like or liked about your partner and that used to turn you on. Secondly, I invite you to get curious why you have stopped believing these thoughts. What thoughts do you have about your partner today? And as you uncover these thoughts, ask yourself what feelings they provoke in you. Do these thoughts make you desire your partner or do they tend to do the opposite, like provoke anger or disappointment, irritation, frustration, sadness? Then the third and last thing I invite you to do is to recreate thoughts that generate desire for your partner again. Remember, it wasn't your partner that caused uncontrolled desire in you or what they did that turned you on. You had thoughts about them or their actions that caused this desire. And your thoughts are yours. You own them. You get to choose them regardless of your partner's actions. Now, I get that this can be the tricky part because you might have built up a lot of disappointment, anger, or resentment towards your partner over time. And so going from I hate you to I love you and want to make love to you 24-7 is going to feel like a bit of a stretch. I get it. And the point here is not to do a 180 because it simply won't work. Your brain is too smart for that. It won't fall for it. So there are two ways we can go about this. First, we can think of thoughts that are slightly better than when we're at now, but still believable. So if your thought right now is, I'm not attracted to my husband, what can you think instead that gets you a little closer to, I have the hots for him, but that still feels believable? Perhaps something along the lines of, he's cute when he fill in the blank, or I like his fill in the blank. When you start focusing on things you like about your partner, your brain will go fishing for more evidence of his attractiveness. Attra attractiveness, is that a, it's a word, right? Attractiveness, we'll go for it. So your brain is going to go for more evidence, right? That you're attracted to him, reinforcing your new positive beliefs about him. And the second way we can go about this, and they're not mutually exclusive, by the way, you can use both, um, both ways to go about this, is to poke holes in your current belief system. So if we take the example of before, where your belief right now is, I'm not attracted to my husband, you then go and ask yourself, is that really true? How do I know that's not true? What do I find attractive about him? When you start discrediting your current narrative, it will loosen its grip on its own. And before you know it, it leaves room for a new narrative, one where you desire your partner. A simple tip I often give is to pretend it's the first time that you see your partner. How would you react if you saw them for the first time? What would you be thinking? What would you like about them? If you didn't know your partner, how would you be around them? How would you feel when they brush up against you? How smitten would you be when they look at you? Would you feel shy? Okay, lovelies, I hope you enjoy seeing your partner for the first time, and I will see you next week. 
If you have loved this episode, please add a rating, write a review, and share it around to help spread the word to all the women out there who need to hear this. I am so grateful for you listening. And if you are ready to take this work deeper, book your discovery session with me at www.morganhorn.com. That is M-O-R-G-A-N-E-H-O-R-N.com. We will explore any issue you would like help with, and you will learn all about my coaching program so you can get started on creating the sex life of your wildest dreams. I will see you there.